When Drake dropped So Far Gone in 2009, a lot of people were questioning whether he would have a lengthy career due to the type of music he was making. It was very different, let's say, for the time that he was coming into the game. A lot of people were questioning, well, is he a rapper? Is he a singer? Is he an R&B artist? Like, where does he fit within his own lane? And then as time progressed and you saw the evolution within his catalog, you saw that the vision was clear from the moment that he dropped So Far Gone and the way that he was going to be able to manifest his entire discography. So in today's episode, guys, we're going to do exactly that. We're going to be going through every single Drake album, no collaboration albums or even, let's say, compilation albums, um, like, let's say, a care package, not included in here, and we're going to be deciding what is the best song from each and every single one. And if you guys are enjoying the audio series, guys, smash the follow button on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you are listening to your audio experience because we are doing these episodes episodes every single Tuesday. So Lou, how do you feel about his catalog, especially revisiting it over the weekend? It was a pleasure to go back and find my favorites from each and every single album. And for certain albums, it was tougher to find a favorite than others. Yeah, 100%. There's definitely albums where there's an obvious pick for me, especially where we're going to start. But I mean, yeah, I just I found a new appreciation for more and more of these albums, even going back to something like a Thank Me Later, which I've always said is one of my, my, my least replayed Drake albums. There's actually a lot of great fucking songs on there, and I feel like that's the case for a lot of these projects, but let's get started from the freshest release and then work our way down to his first project that is on streaming, which is so far gone. So, For All The Dogs came out not too long ago, and uh, there's not too much to choose from with this album. I'm going to be quite honest with you. Yeah, I feel like the replay value is going to be lacking on this one for me. Um, I'm only going back to a handful of songs, if I'm being quite honest with you. But even besides my personal rotation, I think it's clear, at least for myself, where I'm standing with this pick. I'm going ADM in Charlotte. I mean, it's no debate. The rapping performance is on par. This is the type of Drake that you like to see on his sort of like family feud sort of vibe, on his BB King freestyle sort of vibe, on his Lemon Pepper sort of Time. vibe. Timestamp song. And the timestamp song. Not only that, but it could have been like a, a 7 a.m. on Bridal Pass sort of like situation where you see that it's a timestamp song, but it's not all that great. Or let's say a 3 a.m. on Glenwood and it belongs to another artist. But in this case, it feels like a classic timestamp record. Maybe it's even going to climb the ranks for me as far as a timestamp record. And then you have the production from Conductor, Mario Luciano and Jason Wool. Fantastic sample flip. Get this beautiful soul sample going in the background. Then Drake just absolutely going ridiculous on it. And three verses of excellence. No rapping performance like that on the entire album. I think that the only other pick that I could see people going with is First Person Shooter with J. Cole, which is an absolute banger. Love both of those beats. Love J. Cole's bar work on there. But yeah, it's going to easily be 8 a.m. in Charlotte. Such a beautiful sound to hear that conductor tag. As soon as you hear that, you know he's going to be chefing up some magic. And um, yeah, like you were saying, I love the chipmunk soul chops in the back. Then getting the dusty piano um, all the way to the boom bap snares. It makes the beat sound timeless. It was refreshing to hear Drake over a Griselda-esque beat. And yeah, the rapping from the boy is eff effortlessly here. I mean, the way that... He gave you so many quotable, so many one-liners like the money speaking for itself, I call it fortune tell, or things get kinky after 15 years of dominance, or even you try to rob me and it's going to feel like you're sitting at your favorite restaurant because that's where you dine at. Just really masterful bars from Drake, and I feel like it's one of the best rapping Drake songs we've heard in a long time. Yes, absolutely. It shows top form penmanship, especially on an album that doesn't have too much of it. So this was the easiest one. This was the clearest one for myself, but let's continue going down the list, all right? Let's go on to Honesty Nevermind, and people had their nitpicks with this album. How has it aged for you, Loopies? I know you've had nitpicks with it. Yeah, I definitely like the album. I get a lot of enjoyment out of it, even though there's 
a good handful of songs out of 14 that I probably don't go back to. Um, listen, it's just it's interesting that this was sort of an album that, even though it was primarily all dance records, a lot of people's favorite song ended up being Jimmy Cook's, which was like the only true and true rap song. And that's going to be my pick. It's going to be Jimmy Cook's on here. What about you? Um, I was considering Jimmy Cook's. I definitely think it's top tier for the tracklist, but I didn't go there. And this, I had to kind of base it off of like my replay value. Can I guess? And uh, yeah, go for it. Flight's Booked? It is Flight's Booked. Yeah, yeah that, that was in contention. Yeah, really. that, that was my favorite one because I was like, I'm going to honestly never mind for the dance music you know like i'm not going there for jimmy cooks if i want to listen to jimmy cooks well maybe that could have been on like a savage mo 2 for example um or maybe even something that would have been on her loss like i really wanted to hone in on the dance songs and even for my replay value what i've gravitated towards the most over the past couple of years well i'd say since 2022 because uh, it dropped in june of 2022 I, I don't know man it's just it's interesting because I, I love the replay value of this song and how contagious it is um you get this incredible sample from getting late by the english r&b dual flow tree and and then after that, you know, it's just the, the the lyrics of the song actually parallel the story that Drake is trying to tell on this track. And it's very interesting because I like the way that he was able to match up his writing with that sample flip. Um, I love the lead into the track as well. I feel like Drake also feels like the most comfortable on this track for a dance record. There were certain songs on here that maybe felt a bit forced or mm. where his vocals weren't all that great. But on this track itself, I really like what he was able to do. And as I mentioned, man, this song is contagious. I play this all the time. It's still a mainstay in my rotation. And I, I agree, maybe from a Jimmy Cook standpoint, you have the best rapping and the best production from a rap standpoint. But I just think from my rotation think, and what I've gravitated towards the most, I'm going Flight's book. I think from any standpoint, it's the best production. That Play a Fly sample from vinyls was fucking killer. Then you just get this master class Memphis performance from Drizzy, who has... In my opinion, the best entrance he's had in the 2020s to a record, starting off with Fuck a Pigeonhole, I'm a Night Owl, this is a different mode. Like, as soon as you hear that, you're like, this is a crazy fucking entrance and way to start off your verse. And then he just catches this calm and confident flow and glides within that pocket until you get the beat switch to something totally more sinister. And 21 Savage, actually, like a lot of people sort of knock him for the verse while other people think he had the better part. But clever one-liners like spin the block twice like there ain't nowhere to park just funny woody bars you can come to expect from him and it was a perfect prelude to her loss and it still might be one of if not the best song um from their collaborations over the years you know minus sneaking and a couple of other ones but yeah i just feel like um it's a song that I didn't fuck with too much on first listen surprisingly but once it clicked it was game over and it had the whole summer in a headlock to be honest with you like this song was playing everywhere but let's keep on going next up certified lover boy um a lot of people consider this to be you know drake's worst album and there's a couple in contention but this was another easy one for me i'm not yeah, gonna lie champagne to you. poetry by a mile to yeah. be quite honest with you um it's funny because you could tell that we're rap podcasters you know i'm always gonna go towards the rapping performances that's what i kind of did for this list except for flights book i have a couple of different options like you're gonna be surprised with at least the dark lane demo tapes what i went with there but um, I know to be honest with, with you, yeah. To be honest with you, though, I feel like a lot of my answers are going to be timestamp records and those types of cuts when we look at Drake's best songs. And I just feel like that's the lane that he excels at. Like we've had the conversation before, bro. He's a better rapper than he is a singer. You know what I mean? So it's only normal that he's going to strive where he's more skilled at. I guess it's also where you're finding Drake at in his career because there's certain albums where 
you feel like, hey, the R&B cuts were just as dominant as um, the rapping cuts. And I do have a couple of sections on there where that was in contention and in consideration. But ultimately, I went with more rap cuts for my list. But yeah, Champagne Poetry, um, it's easily the best rapping performance on the entire album. Um, you know, just like the way that Drake even starts off his first verse with like, I've been hot since the birth of my son. Like just the way that he starts off that album was on a different note. And what's crazy is that it kind of fucked with my expectations of the album. Because you thought you were getting a classic yeah, when you I, heard that. Because I was like, shit, this is going to be a completely different Drizzy in like his mogul mode, talking about fatherhood, then getting into the second verse, talking about the politics of Toronto and the way that everything's weighing him down, questioning if he'll ever find the love of his life. Like, it's really, really, really deep writing. And even at that, just the transition in production by Forty and Co. just incredible all across the board. Absolutely. And those two incredible samples that were blended together. Um, one coming from, I believe it was the Michelle, yeah, the, the Michelle song. Um, that was incredible as well. And uh, yeah, just like you said, writing-wise, especially topically. Like these are some topics that we want to see Drake explore a bit more. You know what I mean? Him talking about like hiding his pain in a bottle. Like just some serious deep shit, personal subject matter that you don't get from Drake in 2023. You yes. Don't. You For the most part, but okay. um, let's keep on going. Next up, Dark Lane demo tapes. Um, can I, I take just... a guess? Can I take a guess? You can take a guess. What do you think? Not you two with Chris Brown. It is not you two with Chris Brown. Yeah. yeah, one of his best ever R and B cuts, in my opinion. What do you have? The modern Drizzy. That was in contention. I went Deep Pockets. Really? Um, yes, Deep Pockets. My over favorite. went to say when over and over Flor from Florida wow. with Love and over Chicago Freestyle because I was going through the writing once again and like this is my favorite type of Drizzy, the one that's sort of comparing where he was at maybe 10 to 15 years ago and how that manifested into his current career. And like, even listening back to bars, like, um, hold on a second, I have to go to the Big Apple bars. Uh, back when Big Apple sold dreams, I stuck to my own thing. Back when the house that I own now was my home screen. It's just, it's incredible imagery from Drake and just giving you more of a sense of where he was at versus where he's at now. So I appreciate the writing on this song. Not only that, but I love the nocturnal vibe of this production by Plane Path and 40. It's just, it's that classic Drizzy sound that I go back to. I also think it's one of his most underrated intros on any single Drizzy album. It really has that classic Drizzy feel, but it's also mixed in with like this new modern mogul Drake that I really love. And even going on to something like Chicago Freestyle, like I was trying to do a compare and sort of like a contrasting compare to that. While yes, maybe, um, you know, I, I really like like the Giveon part in there and I really enjoy the production with the piano keys. I still prefer the nocturnal vibe of this production over it. I also prefer the writing of this song over it because Chicago Freestyle is a bit more of like a love ballad to a certain extent. And when it comes to the writing and when you actually go deep into it, whereas of this... It's that mogul Drizzy talking. And the only other one that was in contention was not YouTube because of how strong an R&B cut it is and also from Florida with Love. Even Time Flies, just the waviness of that song always gets me, bro. That's another highlight for me too. But Nice pick with not YouTube. It's though. just crazy to me that, you know, this is Drake's best album of the 2020s and yet it's supposed to be this compilation of Lucy's and Leaks and yet it's the most consistent in mood and theme. And to be honest with you, as of late, I'd say over the, the course of the last year or so, Dark Lane Demo Tapes is my like mainstay like Drake project. It's the project that I love going back to the most. And it was tough to choose one from this, but I went with Na You Too just because of the powerful performance by Drizzy. I love the harmonizing that the song starts off with. Noel killed the beat too. He put fucking crack in it. It's smooth. It's soulful. It's dipped in nostalgia. Um, and Drake just sings about like being deeply hurt with a broken heart. And it's interesting because there's this sort of numbness in his voice that his delivery conveys. And... Um, 
I also love how Drake and Chris Brown's vocals topple over each other because Chris Brown sort of plays a secondary role here. Um, and the vocal mixing was perfect because you hear Chris Brown over Drake's vocals, but he's like underneath. He's buried a bit underneath. There's a nice distinction where you could hear them both um, separately, but at the same time. And um, yeah, I just think that it's definitely one of Drake's best R&B cuts ever. It is. And it does. It, it's not even a hit like that, which is surprising. But Dark Lane demo tapes, guys... One of Drake's best ever projects. Um, it really definitely is. definitely his best here. of the decade. Yeah, it really is up there. But okay, let's get to you going on with this, Scorpion. Um, so Scorpion's very interesting because you have an abundance to choose from. Um, and while, yes, I do feel like side A is much stronger than side B, side B still has a lot of gems. Like, that's how you feel. Um, don't matter to me. Um, I am even a big fan of Blue Tint. Like, I have certain songs that I go back to. But for the most part, most of my listenership and rotation lies within that first half. What were the contenders when, for you? Um, so 8 out of 10, Sandra's Rose was as well yep. a contention for me. Emotionless. Uh, Emotionless was in contention for me, but ultimately I went with Is There More. That's my pick. My pick is also Is There More. What is there not to say about this song, man? This is probably one of the best Drake songs ever. I would actually have this song in contention when it comes down to like... Top 10 Drake songs? I, I, I swear to God, yeah. I would. And you have this incredible atmospheric and like that underground sort of like, sorry, underwater sort of tone type production by Jeffrey Rashad, Wallace Slane, and Preem. And it's just Drake going off, bro. It doesn't even make sense. Even like playing D'Angelo, that's how you feel. And then after that, you get the background vocals coming out because mm -hmm. he's after his studio albums and he's out of his Young Money deal. It's just... There's a certain type of history to this track, you know? It's kind of like wrapping up a, a, an era for Drake and like kind of talking about, well, what is there more beyond all of this fame, beyond all of the women, beyond everything? Trips like, to Dubai and big exactly. asses and all that kind of good stuff, you know <laughs> what I mean? But honestly speaking, I don't know if Drake will ever get this meditative again. Because I haven't heard him get this meditative since Is There More? And I love the beat because... It feels spacious. It has this woozy atmosphere. There's a lot of reverb in the vocal sample that feels so trippy. And it puts you in this place where you have a sense of paranoia, of disorientation. But also honesty. It feels like maybe like... It feels like Drake was maybe even drinking a bit and like now he's pouring out all of his emotions and like he's getting into it with like that woozy feeling. It's yeah, very and interesting. He's, he's also rapping very slowly, which I really appreciate because it's as if he wants you like to pay attention to every single word. Like he really wants to articulate himself and he wants to feel understood in yes. this song. That's what I appreciate about it the most. And um, yeah, to be honest with you, I love the ambient vibe. I love how spacious the beat sounds and how... The drums, the drum pattern is so sparse. Like, he really has, the focus is all on him. It's not like hard-hitting drums or, like, the usual heavy percussion. No, it's meditative, it's slow, and it really makes you soak in every word, and that's why I love this song. One of the best ever rapping performances from Drake, in my opinion, and there's so much in competition on this album as well, like we were talking about an 8 out of 10 or a Sandra's Rose, but it just doesn't compare to this. It's completely different, and I think this is why he made a track 12 on the album to kind of, like, cut off the side A because you could kind of say that Scorpion was the peak of like his popularity to a certain extent especially with all the number ones 2018 being um the biggest year in hip-hop history as far as commercial success goes him being at the forefront of hip-hop being the biggest genre and him being the biggest art of that genre at the time that it was it's just such an interesting feeling uh behind this track so is there more no debate but let's go on to more life this is a very interesting track list because you have an abundance to choose from but you also have different styles to go with so let me ask you did you go with maybe 
more of the dancehall stuff? Did you go with some of the trap stuff on here? Did you go with the intro free smoke? Where are you at with this? Yeah, it's definitely, I think it's still the most underrated Drake project to me because a lot of people shat on this when it came out saying that it was all over the place. But fuck that. I love the UK grime shit. I love the dancehall stuff. Every style that he brought in was executed to perfection nearly. Um, but to be honest with you, this was another easy one for me. Do not disturb. Do not disturb. Yeah, absolutely. Can't have everything second place. Yes, though. that was in contention for second place. Obviously, Free Smoke as well. I'm a big fan of Passion Fruit too. So I had a couple in contention, but I knew where I was going And one of the this. crazy things about Do Not Disturb is that it's one of like the only timestamp records or super lyrical Drake tracks that actually became a hit, bro. Like I was looking back at this. I don't know if you're going to believe me, but this song has more streams than Galchester. Really? It has 394 million streams. It's a platinum song. And it just goes to show that he was fucking cooking on this. I mean, all the way from the sample, he sampled Snow Allegra's song called Time, which was also released in 2017. And it's a phenomenal song, by the way. And he sped up her vocals and also um, pitched them up. And it's just, he's rapping his ass off, bro, about what feeds his soul in life and how he deals with the limelight and how um, his consistent traveling is affecting certain relationships. And it's just the way that he couples the right words together from the first bar all the way to the last bar. It's one of the most, like, precise Drake songs in terms of poetry, in terms of flow. Even mental clarity. What's interesting yeah. is that this is kind of like a piggyback off of where he was at with Views. And I'm going to be talking about the Views track list like right after this. But what's interesting about this song as well is that if you pay attention to like what's going on in here, it's just that the do not disturb thing is kind of like him saying like just stop fucking with me. Like I, I can't like I can't deal with you guys anymore. I can't deal with all of this shit. Just let me be in peace, let me be, and let me enjoy my life. And that's what I like about it is that as a concept, Do Not Disturb is kind of also playing into like the iPhone thing on Apple, like putting your phone on D&D, but you know, don't yeah. disturb me in that I don't want to have any exterior noise come into my life and kind of jade what I'm doing. I think it's that and it's also like, don't fuck with me because yeah. of course you have the Tory Lanez this, which was, I love the way that he fucking put that together. You one day stars where I told you I'm in this bitch for eternity. I'm a reflection of all your insecurities. Like, he really dug deep there, bro. Like, that was a highlight moment within the track. And, yeah, it's uh, it stands as one of his best timestamp time songs or maybe unofficial timestamp songs because it's not, they don't actually have the time and location listed in the in the track okay, title. But I, I know it's Mark's favorite timestamp song, actually. Okay, let me ask you this. And, Mark, I'll actually ask you the question in back of the room as well. Um, do you think D&D is the best song released from Drake officially from 2016 to 2020? Everything considered. Ooh, 2016 is it better? Is it is it better than Is There More? Would it be better than your pick on views? It's better than Is There More. Is it better than my pick on views? Yes, it is. Um, is it better than... Okay, so anything before the 2020s decade, right? Yes. Yeah. From like that 2016... 20, or... Yeah, 2016 to 2020. Do Not Disturb is Drake's best song. Yeah, it's definitely you agree? up there. Yeah, of course. We actually have a lot of similar picks on here, man. Well, I, I mean, it's, it's like, because I, I think like as like Drizzy fans and people that have been really following his catalog, you know where the value lies. Yeah. You know, and, and I try to bring this education to the new audience maybe that wasn't familiar with this stuff back then or maybe people that were slandering Drake back then that are trying to get in. Because I was one of those people that didn't like Drake back then. I, I really didn't like his music and now he's one of my favorite artists ever. Um, so to be able to like just appreciate these types of songs in his catalog, this is where the value lies. And, and yeah. This is where it's and, at. And that takes us to Views because I remember when, when Views came out, um, you were really not a fan of the album, bro. Like you really no, were I didn't like it. I, I remember buying it on iTunes. Um, I think going to Nick's house the day it came out, I think it was a day in April, and just fucking junking the album all day, bro. And uh, I just have so many nice memories attached to this album. It was also the first time I got to see Drake live was for the tour uh, attached to this album. And 
this was just like the soundtrack to the later years in high school for me and um so much quality within this album for him to have executed this well over 20 songs like it's rare you give drake 20 songs now and it, it ain't turning out the same it's, no it's not it's a different type of mode for views but what's interesting is that he took a long time to work on this album though he did he uh well if you're reading this is too late was worked on especially in that 2014 period but this was supposed to drop before if you're reading this it's too was late his biggest break if you really had to think about it. i think it would have to be take care nothing was, was the, the same, same going into if you're reading this right the one year off but that again, like that, yeah, because that's an official. That was supposed to be only like a Lucy mixtape thing, kind of yeah. like how Dark Lane was. Yeah. But then after that, it was an official release and it went crazy. Sold five hundred and five thousand copies first week. But all right, I'll let you start this off. Views so in rotation. Um, well, not in rotation. I want to say in contention. We have uh, views, the title track, Controller, Redemption, Feel No Ways. A lot of like the more R and B and softer cuts took prominence for me if I were to do, let's say, a top five off of the album. But um, Feel No Way was the hardest one to not really put in here. And the reason why I didn't is because I feel like it's very similar to a song I'm going to have come up next. I think it's in the same vein as Jungle in terms of the fact that they both have this colder sound and aesthetic, both heavy in, in percussion. And you have a similar like Drake narrative where he's rapping about like struggling to keep a relationship going. So I'm like, you know what? Let me change it up a bit. So I ended up going with nine as being the best song off of Views. That was a second in contention for me. Myself, um, I went with a self-titled track. I went you know, with the Views. self-titled. It's his best rapping performance on the entire album. From a lyrical standpoint, but I feel like the most dynamic song on here is nine because you have this nightmarish, atmospheric beat. You have the sample of Mavado, who's a Jamaican artist that Drake sampled, um, and you have like Drake switching from you know from rapping to singing mid-verse more than once, and it was done effortlessly. Um, like he's known to do. And this is just um, really just a fucking banger, bro. Like, it gives me high energy. It gives me, again, nice melodies. And um, it's just, on views, I wanted something to hype me up. And that's what Nine did. Yeah, it's definitely in contention. It's a top three off the album for myself. But I went with views just from all standpoints. I even feel like, as far as production goes, what went down on this song is so special because of the flip. Um, you have The Question Is by The Weenans. Um, This was released back in 1981. And you hear like that high-pitched vocal sample that gets chopped up in the back. And it gives you like this incredible drizzy sort of sound. And even back then, there was, a there was like this tradition... Uh, for Drake to end off his albums without having any hooks um, or having like a straight rapping performance without anything, uh, going back to even something like The Ride or so on and so forth. So um, I think this is one of the best off of that, especially considering how many streams this song has. It's one of his least streamed songs in his catalog, but easily one of his best. If I had to make a list for the top five uh, most underrated Drizzy songs, it would be this. And I think that this is probably my favorite like Drizzy Mogul talk sort of like song where he's just talking about everything from taking out models to just being in his bag and being in that sort of luxurious vibe. Like this is a perfect song to start your day. And um, I hold very close attachment to this song. This was actually the song that got me into views and that made me want to get back into it, you know, more and more. And um, it's up there for me as far as one of his best ever outros. So I went with views. off. Yeah, of, it's, uh, a, it's, it's, it's a W, man, for sure. It's definitely... Uh top three off of the album for me but let's now go into if you're reading this it's too late a lot of people's favorite drake project and it's just so ironic that the project that went into the direction of more of a rap focus ends up being one where the best song in it is an r&b song yeah 
and it's pretty, then, yeah, it's pretty, so it's pretty you, you have jungle as I well. I don't have here. jungle. No, you don't I have jungle as the best song uh, on here. I don't. Wow. I don't have jungle on the best song on here. That's I'm crazy, being honest with you, bro. Um, I mean, no, it's not really crazy. Yeah, it's, it's definitely top tier off the album, but uh, like you said, I just feel like Drake was in a different mode here. Um, when it came to rapping and when it came to his aggressiveness and when it came to his dominance, I know for you it's going to be Jungle. For myself, it's going to be No Telling, um, the track right after Know Yourself. I think that it's one of his best ever tracks, in my opinion, one that holds very close to my heart. Um, just like what what the, the, the whole like constant fear of like what comes next is sort of put to bed for Drake within this song because he's just talking about, well, I've accomplished this much, and now at this point, I don't know what's going to come next. There's no telling, but at the end of the day, I'm at ease with that, and I love that type of energy with Drake, and I just I love what the writing even means to me and like how much I've been able to relate to that and put it into my own life. Not only that, but I love bumping this song in the winter. It's very cold. It's very dark. It's very ominous. You get this incredible dark production from Boy Wanda and Ginge, and it's just, it rings off throughout the entire production, and then and once you get the, the that beat transition midway throughout the song with the vocal sample that comes through the with like the whoa whoa and then boom it goes into the second half of it Drake's it is like mafioso vibe he's talking about just eating past in the restaurant that Alfredo and just kind of being like this mogul going you know they're like him talking about how all these rappers want to be bears and lions but he's going to go out and he's going to he's going to go hunt and he's going to take their heads and put them on top of his fireplace it's some vicious drizzy that you'll never hear again and i just man i think I'm it's, in love I think with it's top 5 off the mixtape but even one of the other rap songs like star 67 is a better song so no is way, bro. yeah so no is uh, know yourself know yourself also in terms of production in terms of no. like Drake coming in with a dominant energy and fucking cadence, yeah, no, I don't think that's the best song. Uh, on there. By, by the way, Mark um, texted me. He said Diplomatic Immunity might be better than. Uh, Do that's Not true. Disturb. The Diplomatic Immunity also 2018. Yeah. W would that's you say Would you say it's better than uh, Do Not Disturb? Tough man. I, I don't think tough. so. I think musically, Do Not Disturb is better. I agree, but it's tough. Like they're neck and neck. But um, yeah, let me talk about Jungle. Obviously, it's like the most basic take that I could have. Um, for if you're in, this is too late. But I don't care. Drake never sounded so visceral on a song to me like you never really felt his emotions being that genuine ever before and you really hear it through his delivery um the production also slaps so fucking hard because you have these thumping kick drums that add like this punch to the low end of the song and you don't really hear that typically with an r&b drake song and speaking about that that's why i love it so much is that it's not your standard drake and r&b song no, it's, it's a song not. it's a song about loneliness bro it's a song about him longing for someone that's stuck in the jungle and by the way the jungle is Lawrence Heights, a rough neighborhood in Toronto, and it's a song about a relationship that Drake is struggling to maintain as he gets more notoriety, as he gets bigger and more famous. He's having a hard time, you know, holding down this girl that's still stuck in Toronto. And I just, I love the concept of it. I love the the genuine raw emotions out of it as well. And I feel like you you, you never get um, R and B cuts that are this well thought out and meaningful from Drake anymore, for the most part. And this is just a reminder that when he wants to, he can tap into um, a cold Toronto sound that really puts all of his emotions, you know, worn on his sleeve. And even the the vocal sample from Gabriel Montano just adds these dramatics to the song that I absolutely love. And uh, yeah, I don't think he misses a single note. Great display of his vocal range. And I wish we got more of these in his catalog because it's a perfect song. It is a perfect song. But okay, let's continue going on with this. Let's go on to his best album. Yep. Number um, one album. A number one album. No debate. Um, so many to pick from. 
on this one. But for myself, it was another clear choice. It was another clear choice. But you know what? I'll say this. Um, we're going to get to it in a, in a second. But I think Take Care was the hardest time I had choosing a song. That, yeah. Out of all the albums, what would you say was the toughest choice to make? Uh, it was Take Care. But then after that, again, like I just look for Drizzy writing. I look for Drizzy writing and production. And I look for where he's at and mm -hmm. like that sort of mode and what kind of means the most to me as well. So there's maybe a certain bias with this list as well. Yeah. Uh, but I think my picks have all been W's so far. Uh, nothing was the same. I think you're going to go Tuscan Leather, right? I'm not. Where are you going? I'm going for this thing. Okay, I'm going Pound Cake. There we go. I think and you know what? I, I always have the one-two switch up from what I think is the best song and what is my favorite of all time from Drake. And it's always between Tuscan Leather and Furthest Thing. But lately, I've been on the Furthest Thing vibe, to be honest with you. But you said, you said Pound Cake, right? I said Pound Cake. You yeah. know what's interesting about Pound Cake? Um, it was actually supposed to be on Magna Carta. Not sure if really? you know yeah, that. that was supposed to be a Magna Carta cut. I'm going to bring in a TikTok series where... Before I, it was made or after it was made? Um... After it was made, I think it was made for the Magna Carta uh, wow. recording sessions when I was reading on Genius this morning. That's crazy. Uh, so, you know, just a little piece of history for you guys. But yeah, Pound Cake, man, it's a song that got me into Drake. <laughs> I'm going to be completely honest with you. This is like what really sold me on so him a as a rapper. There's a little bias in there. It's number one thing <laughs> that got you into Drake. <laughs> well, not only, but like if you go on to like that two and a half minute verse at the end, I think it's his best verse ever. I personally think that it is his best verse ever, at least for myself. Yeah. Just talking about where he's at in his life and making everyone have to go through security check to get into his high school reunion. Um, it's just, it's a completely different Drake that you don't get to hear anymore. And I think it's the most iconic production ever in his catalog. Like the Ellie Golding sample flip is just, you know that sample from a mile away. And I don't think any other song in Drake's catalog does that. So when you have to look at that last verse, the Jay-Z collaboration, um, looking at what he was able to do on that last verse, just... All in all, it's excellence, and it's always been my favorite and best song, in my opinion. Nothing was the same. This was like, this was the easiest. I'm like, how am I going to even, like, how would I go with Tuscan Leather or for this thing? I think maybe they, on like a writing concept-wise, they play a bit better for the totality of the song, but still, I don't think there's a verse in those songs like that last one. I think as on, time has gone on, um, I'm, I'm agreeing a little bit more with uh, with Nick's take, and he feels like, uh, like Jay-Z's verses and all that great isn't all that outstanding i think fantano has that take as well and like I, I love the verse but i think yeah bar for bar maybe hove could have done slightly better on that track but um it, it's a classic and i agree with you about it being the most iconic vocal sample ever in a drake song it is that i have to agree with um you guys don't like you guys don't like the jay-z one bro i, I like i, I like I it a lot before you had braces the all black uh, the all black maybach but i'm not a racist insiders whiter than carrie prairie's faces yeah. yellow diamonds in my jesus no bro. it's more of like the you know the, the cake 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 part i think that like just weighs it down a little bit that got a bit like repetitive and it was as if like it was a bit of filler for the verse um, I just might, I just might learn to speak Mandarin Japanese for the yen that I'm handling. International hove, that's my handle. My Saint Chicago light a candle, bro. Come yeah, on, no, you know it, it's fire, but it's not like it's not the craziest like you could have so went it, off. So it's the KKK thing that like gets you. Th that part weighs it down a little bit, bro. Yeah. It's literally one, it's one, it's one line, and then after that, even in that same verse, I've done made more millionaires than the Lotto did. They made millions, Bigs made millions, Ye made millions, yeah, just okay. made millions. Bro, he's literally talking about how he yeah, put his listing entire... off. Who's main mill? I, I know, I know. It's the point. It, anyways, it's a fire whatever, verse. I just whatever. think that he, he could have done a bit better on it. But yeah, I'm gonna go with furthest thing. Um, it's my favorite Drake song of all time, just because I feel like it's the perfect representation of who Drake is as an artist and his duality as a singer and a rapper. Because it's the perfect split between singing and rapping all across the board. Not only that, but I just love the genius concept woven into it. The fact that musically and lyrically, it's about opposites. It's about being perfectly in the middle of two 
polar opposites, right? You have the first beat that's darker, then you have the transition into a lighter beat that sounds like the morning, whereas the first beat sounded like the nighttime. Um, apart from that, um, I just I love Drake's rhymes about him being somewhere between a mistress or a commitment, being between sober and lifted, and just sort of um, being a bit directionless in a certain way. I felt I felt like that was a realistic perspective from the take on, and then once you get the Jake one choir sample and he's like this is the shit that i want to go out to i'm like yeah bro like this is this is an all-time great verse for you um and yeah he just he puts everything on the line here um even production wise i love that you're starting off with like these primo-esque disc disc scratches and some somber keys it's front to bottom one of the best well thought out songs he's ever put out without debate so all right. For this thing, man. All right, let's keep going on with this. Take care. So this one was interesting because I had songs like Hell Yeah Fucking Writing Contention. Um, I think that's an all-time collaboration between Drizzy and Wayne. It's very popular, but even the rapping performances and the speeds at which they're rapping at and mix that in with the accessibility factor, that could be in contention. The ride, the storytelling throughout the verses on that song is really an all-time favorite for me. Um, just, uh, you know, even going to like something like A Crew Love, that was in contention for me. Ultimately, though. I went to well, look what you've done. That's my. That's that's what I think. I, I gotta song. admit, after after hearing you know that Drake chose it as the opener for the tour, and even witnessing it live, I think it's the most earnest and heartfelt song on the entire album. Just like the whole tribute to his family. I think you're probably finding um, the you most know, personal. Yeah, like the most personal work. writing on the on the whole entire album. But as a full package, um, production included. Um, writing and energy included it doesn't be my choice for me which is lord knows i want what lord knows with rick ross yeah fucking that's depend. the best song went with the fucking dependent he's rapping about so, his passion for for the game bro so, but, but i mean I'm okay like, with that but, yeah but how are you gonna criticize the jay-z verse and then after that like not criticize that like that rick ross verse it's not yeah. the greatest rick ross like he, he does better on a multitude of different like drake is rapping for three fucking minutes on that song bro with one of the illest beats he's ever spat on which is that just blaze beat um which sounds like it's straight yeah, it's, off of the blueprint it, it's cool but i um, mean like it's incredible bro it's not the best off of the album i really will say that but listen it's your taste at the end of the day i can't convince you but yeah look what you've done i think it's some of his best ever writing if not his best like personal wise um the first verse is a dedication to his mother talking about how his mom was smoking to take you know the pain away from her illness that she had with her back um then going into the second verse talking about his uncle steve and you know how he was kind of a father figure for him back in the day and how you know drake used to um kind of be in the actor bag and then once he wanted to transition into rapping his uncle steve told him you know no matter what happens you're still going to be a star and then after that the tribute to his grandmother um with the voicemail at the end of it is super heartfelt um and it's a song that actually has been you know very much in rotation for me nowadays it's been very much in rotation for me nowadays. I think there's a reason why he started off It's a Blur tour with this song. I think that it's also the song that maybe means the most to him and his career. And it kind of sums up like everything that he needs to from like a family standpoint. And I really love that from Drake. It's a perspective that I don't think you've even ever gotten in his catalog before. So it's one of his best yeah, ever you, written you, songs. Yeah, you get a similar song on, on Too Much, which comes after this, obviously, because that's on Nothing Was The Same. Um, but yeah, let me ask you this. Did, did him choosing it as the opener for the tour give you that newfound appreciation because i feel like we've spoken about like the best song on take care months ago and i think you had the ride as your number one yeah so it has it's it changed really over did. time it, it really did yeah and especially mm. like maybe for where i'm at in my life and how much i appreciate more, my more, more relatability for you a lot more relatability yeah. and shows the humility within the song itself just incredible all throughout and to be able to like structure your verses and your outro um to talk about you know your mother's side and the three people that are the most prominent with like that's just like 
it's it's incredible. And then having your grandmother close off the song as well, like who does that, bro? Yeah, that, like that, 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 that that's was... some like mad like that's some Mac Miller shit on like God is fair, sexy and nasty. You know, like that's it's a completely different vibe from Drake. It's and... the most beautiful song on the album. We could say that, but yeah. ultimately, I think that when it comes to the most expand expensive sounding song on here, the one that I feel like like this is the best composed song, even from a musical standpoint. Um, because it gives you that classic hip hop feel. It's Lord knows three minute long Drake verse, um, hard hitting percussion, a rich choir sample, and it sounds like Drake is walking into church and he's giving you a sermon, bro. That's the vibe that you get with this. Um, he's just you know he's rapping about the soft rapper allegations that he was facing. You're getting constant flow switches, um, and it, this song just reminds me of my love for hip hop. And like again, when I think of old Drake, this is one of those songs that come to mind first. So. Had to go, Lord knows. But let's keep on rolling. We got two projects to talk about. Thank Me Later is up next. His debut studio album. Um, a lot of people view this as Drake's weakest, one of his weakest projects. I know and, a lot of people that have a deep appreciation. Yeah, and the narrative stuff. behind this was that, like, you know, he blew up quickly after Best I Ever Had. It became a hit, and he felt pressure for himself and also from the label to put out a debut studio album. And he's admitted himself that it was a little bit rushed. But it's nowhere near being a bad album, bro. Like no, going back sure. to the songs like The Resistance, Miss Me With Lil Wayne, Light Up With Jay-Z, Fancy, Thank Me Now. There's not many misses on here. There isn't. Um, what did you go with? I mean, let me uh, guess. Let me guess. Let's see. Um, what do you think I went with? I think you chose The Resistance. I did not choose The Resistance. Um, up All Night, even when Nicki was in contention for me, I love that song. It's really up there for me. Um, the Resistance was there. Um, I also had songs like Miss Me with Lil Wayne. That was in contention. Um, you could have went Find Your Love, but I don't know. I don't really go back. I hope you made much. the right choice because we, we both haven't mentioned the song that I hope you took. I didn't. I You could have went with Thank Me Now, but I didn't no, go with Thank Me Now. I didn't now. go with Thank Me Now. I went I... with Light Up with Jay-Z. Oh. I, I think that's the best song on the entire album, and I'll explain to no. you why. Um, so... I think the importance of this song is extremely prominent because this is the passing of the torch from Jay-Z to Drake. It really is. And even when you get into like that Jay-Z feature, I understand maybe he's kind of like washed him to a certain extent because that's the narrative with it. It's one of those situations where it's like the passing of the torch. You know, when Kendrick got the torch from Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre and, you know, at that show in Los Angeles, I believe, it's just, it's incredible. And even the first verse from Drake, like, up, I, oh, I've been up for four days getting money both ways, dirty and clean. I could use a glass of cold spades, Rolexes, chauffeurs, and low fades. I keep thinking, how young can you die from old age? Bro, top tier rapping all the way throughout. Not only that, but the production from Tone Mason and 40 is on a completely different level. It's very ominous. It's dark. And I feel like it's maybe like a precursor of what you would find on those Take Care vibes, which I really do enjoy. So foreshadowing on that front as well. And then after that, like the triple entendre to start off the, the Jay-Z first, incredible all the way throughout. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I, I really like... It, it, what do you mean? We did a TikTok on it. We've talked about how much we fucked yeah, with it. Yeah, it's impressive. I just like like sonically like i'm just i'm not like trying to hear that i'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying anyways to hear i went with light up so let me go let me ask you what 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 should i have chosen because honestly like this was a clear pick honestly and yeah look, listen no it's not a bad take bro i'm just busting your balls but at the end of the day i just i do have a tendency to gravitate towards the more like super lyrical songs which in this case yeah it would be a light up or a resistance or whatever it is but in certain cases 
um, the passion and energy of a song will overtake that. And that was the case with Over, which is an absolute classic. Um, I love the triumphant sound because um, you have masters at play. You have Nick Brongers who came in with the horns. You have Boy Wanda with the deep bass line. Noah Forty Shabib was on here. And it's very brassy. It has this epic sound. And this is a song that has the feeling of a true fucking lead single. And this song is pretty much like Drake walking on the red carpet on his way to Hollywood. It feels like he landed in La La Land. And if it makes sense, when he's traveling, he's rolling through the city and coming to terms with fame. And he actually spoke about this song being one of the most important um, for the album just because it was a case where the whole album was really about like, people thought, okay, is he now going to be jaded with the fame? Is he now going to turn into a different person? And this song was him saying like, yes, I made it, I blew up. I got signed by Wayne. I'm here. I'm now looked at as a big player, but the shit isn't over. I'm going to come back with more and more hits. I'm going to be here for eternity. That was um, the confidence that Drake was really displaying all over here. And it's also one of the best hooks of his entire career. You can go to any club anywhere and everyone's going to sing along to that hook. Um, the video also is a classic and I just feel like when people think of Thank Me Later as an album, this is the first song that comes to their head and it's for a good reason. You're getting quality verses, an amazing hook, crazy beat. It's just, it's the full package. It's, it's the most complete song for me on Thank Me Later. Good pick though. Good pick. I think it is one of his most underrated hits, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, it really is. But okay, let's end off the episode with a very special album, one that I actually have a lot of appreciation for. Um, I feel like it's easily one of his strongest track lists ever. And this is so far gone. You could have gone with a, like a multitude of different songs here. November 18th, Ignan Shit, um, Houston Atlanta, Vegas, bro. Like you have so many different songs you would go with. But I think I, my- I know where you went. You went to uh, Say What's Real. No, sir. You didn't? I didn't. Okay. I didn't. I did it, I did it, I, 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 I did it. I, I went ignorant shit with this. You went ignorant shit? I went with, ah, You could have gone with Say What's Real, though. That's another... That, that was my second. Mm. I had three songs in contention, okay? The one I'm going to say now, I'm going to leave it until I reveal my pick, but Say What's Real and Ignan Shit were my two other ones that were in contention. November the 18th? The, the calm, calm okay. Oh, my goodness. When you go through the calm, if you pay attention to his rhyme scheme throughout this, it's actually one of his most impressive rhyme schemes that he's ever delivered as far as a writing thing goes. And when you actually go into it, um, it's Drake talking about having an, alien, like an alienation around him, a burden of everyone looking for him for help because, you know, now he knows he's the man and he's kind of in that position of power. But despite it all, he kind of still remains like level-headed and he sort of remains in character and i really love that type of perspective from drake and it's one of the first perspective like that type of perspective is displayed in different songs throughout drake's career but from different perspectives where he's at in his life but i feel like it's one of the most interesting from seeing him at a level where like maybe he wasn't blown up to the way that he was but going back onto the rhyme scheme if you pay attention to the way that he actually sets up everything and I only noticed this a couple of like months ago where I was like, fuck, it's true. He actually does this. And he actually did this on um, That's How You Feel. Every single like verse has a same rhyme scheme and pattern to it. And after that, when you start at the verse one with the first line, I'm just so far gone. October's own, please leave me alone. Drunk off champagne, screaming in the phone. He ends off the last line with that same rhyme scheme. And he does that for two verses straight. So... I love that from Drake. I love like the intentional writing and even the production um, from 40 is just incredible. It's atmospheric and again, just a song that I really appreciate it and shows his pen the best, I believe, um, throughout the entire album. So that's where I'm that's at. That's how you it. feel is a bit different rhyme scheme wise because like he'll take the last word of a line and then like start 
the next oh, line I'm sorry, with the same yes. word with a different meaning. Um, but yeah, no, I, I still see what you're saying though. It's a it's a fucking amazing song as well. Um, but yeah, I had to go with Ignition just because of how historic this song is. I mean, I love the fact that you know they're rapping over ignorant shit by Jay Z. Like it's a mixtape at the end of the day. So so far gone's a mixtape, and this was Drake tapping into the classic mixtape formula of rapping over um, a legendary beat, and that's what they do here. And it's also historic because as far back as I can trace it, I could be wrong, but I think this is the first ever real Lil Wayne and Drake collaboration. Let me check. I'm pretty I'll, sure I'll, it's I'll the first here. we ever got. And um, yeah, I just, I feel like Drake is spitting fire all over here. One of his most underrated verses when you look at the wordplay. No one ever talks about how crazy the wordplay is with, with lines like, G and Tez got a sig, but I'm no smoker. Or making enough to pay any Judge Judy off. First thing I'm going to do is free Wheezy. Just um, amazing streams of consciousness and just really... Clever word, like, like I feel like Drake really tapped into his wheezy bag on ignorant shit, and I love to see the influence there. And um, Drake kept up and even had the maybe the better verse. Like, it's not like this is what's historic about it is that if this was actually Drake and Wayne's first collab, which I believe it was, it's not like Drake needed his hand held, bro. Like, he was like, this was like prime rookie year type shit where he even maybe outwrapped Wayne on their first ever song together, and that, that's what just it's a testament that Drake was that good that early on to me. And yeah, I, I love the beat. I love everything about it. And it's also probably my most replayed song off of So Far Gone too. There we go. Yeah, did you find anything? I'm pretty sure it's the no, first. No, it, it didn't say anything off Because of think about it. He got signed in 09. And also the Young Money tape they put out came out after this. Um, like, 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 like Bedrock no, and, yeah, and, all, yeah, and that yeah, whole but, tape that came out after. Maybe like... No, maybe there was something before, like as far as Lucy goes. But I don't yeah, think maybe, so. maybe you're onto something. Uh, but listen, guys, regardless, I think that's gonna end off today's episode. Drake has been one of our favorite artists for years. Someone that we followed very closely. Um, someone that's inspired our entire brand. And um, just shout out to everyone at OVO. Just a fantastic movement all around, and uh, full of guys that have been so dominant for such a long time. And fifteen it's just, years is coming on. Fifteen years. years well, bro. is it? Yeah, it's fifteen years of dominance, man. Fifteen years of dominance. That's a lot of time. A shit, lot of shit gets kinky after 15 years of dominance. It must, bro. I mean, 8 a.m. You know, in Charlotte. Yeah, yeah. You, gotta, you gotta put things into perspective. But guys, listen, if you enjoyed this episode, smash us a five-star review. It would mean the world to us. And not only that, but as I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, guys, every Tuesday, every Tuesday, new audio podcast episode, something new to dive into. And I hope you guys are liking these extended episodes where Lou and I get a bit more into our recommendation bags and even something more like this where we play like little fun games like this of going through, you know, let's say an artist's catalog and deciding what's the best ever song but much love to everyone that's been supporting the brand up to this date it means the world to us and you better believe we're coming with more fire content like drake said it's not over for us you know it really isn't over for us either we plan on being here for a long time and um we want to continue to serve you guys as best as we possibly can so lou any final words yeah just uh it's just it shows that drake really has made some of the best music of our generation and i know a lot of people might disagree with that but Go back and listen to the records, guys. There is absolute quality from, you know, from start to finish. So much love to everyone that tuned in. We'll catch you next time. Peace.